This is Geek Gab with your hosts, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, February 6th, 2021. Um, either that's me I can hear or that's you I can hear. Let me test, test that out. Yeah, that was me I could hear. So, uh, how's your week? Hey, my week is all right, other than a bout of insomnia. Uh, doing the usual lockdown-enabled thing. But one good thing happened in Washington State is that our magnanimous governor has decided that we can go into phase two of reopening some things. So... Local restaurants and businesses are finally allowed to open at a very limited capacity. And so I was very happy to go out and visit a few, few places I hadn't in the past six months, which was nice. Go out to a favorite restaurant or something like that. I hear that Florida has become a popular refugee destination. There are many, many people moving to Florida indefinitely because they pretty much opened up their entire state. Who can blame them? Someone who uh, doesn't want to deal with the BS. They want to go to a place that doesn't have it. Florida also famously has no state income tax. I think it's only a matter of time before the entire population of the United States moves there. And Canada, for that matter. Also, if you declare bankruptcy in Florida, they can't take your house. There you go. So that's it. That's uh, that's the show for today, guys. Florida is great. Everybody move to Florida. <laughs> this is not official advice or anything. But yeah, there's Florida's a, a great reason or a great place for people to move for a couple of reasons. It's it's a popular destination, more so now than ever. Um, also not advice, but completely hilarious. Elon Musk has apparently dropped a billion dollars. A billion dollars into doggy coin. With a B into a joke blockchain currency. Yeah. Because he, Cause he, he did it for the memes. Because he did it like 69 chunks at a time. Wow. He's, he, he just said a billion dollars sitting around and said, I'm going to play with it. I'm going to invest in a doggy coin. <laughs> oh, on the one hand, he's, he's doing wild and crazy things with his companies. <laughs> On the other hand, could could you spare a little bit of that cash 
So I read a newspaper story today. Boy, every word of that sentence was a lie. <laughs> so I saw an electronic headline on Twitter today. <laughs> I, I almost had to try to remember what a newspaper was. Yeah. And uh, it's President Joe Biden saying uh, he, he was all upset because, as you know, Elon Musk said that if there were a Mars colony that he founded, that it would be independent of Earth law. Um, which, and I'll be honest here, if it's a self-sustaining colony, if it can exist free of Earth, if it doesn't need to depend on Earth resources, I don't see why it needs to be governed by Earth. Uh, it seems like a logical conclusion. I won't, I won't dig into it any deeper, but continue. Um, but, and, and I don't know if this was the phrasing or the construct that, like, the headline writer put on it, it does sound like something Biden would say. Biden's administration has told Musk, and I'm reading from the headline now, that the president expects that any colony would be under his absolute control would be under Biden's absolute control. Wow. Now, now <laughs> go ahead. That seems kind of dictatorial to me. I... But be honest, Eddie Warpig, if you could, you would. <laughs> I would what? Declare yourself supreme dictator of Mars. Oh, pshaw. I wouldn't declare myself supreme dictator of the left side of my bedroom. <laughs> I have decided in my old age, looking at this world, that I don't want to be the supreme dictator of people because I don't want the responsibility. I don't want to be in charge because when things get screwed up, and people's lives go bad, I don't want the responsibility. I don't want to have to clean up their messes. See, that's the problem with would-be dictators, is that they want all the power without having to answer for their mistakes. Yeah. Because you know people are going to screw things up. You know it. They're screw-ups. It's the primary defining characteristic of human beings is to screw things up. And I just don't want to have to clean up messes. I mean, really, being a responsible, absolute leader, like a king or a dictator, is like owning several hundred thousand small, yappy dogs, you know? <laughs> 
And all you do all day long is just chase after them with a pooper scooper. And I don't want the I don't want the job. So my point about the Biden thing is one, Joe Biden isn't gonna be president when a putative Mars colony is established. Meaning the, the time frame's a little further out than four to eight years. Yeah. <laughs> or or two to three years, let's be honest. Yeah. You, you said it, not me. I'm, I'm just saying his health is it's poor. That's all I'm saying. I'm not suggesting anything, Mr. Secret Service Fed. Don't. I'm not suggesting anything nefarious. I'm just saying he's unhealthy. Okay? He's unhealthy. I, I, I think it saying. I think as you were sort of trying to imply just a minute ago, Daddy Warpig, that anybody who seeks that kind of office is a special kind of unhealthy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um so so it's moot, right? Joe Biden's not gonna be in power when it goes down but at the same time it's not like this is a unusual situation um robert heinlein wrote a book about mars rebelling and also the moon rebelling and you know on and on and on and on every just about every science fiction writer who's ever existed has at least come up with some scenario of, oh, hey, space colonies, and they're rebelling. That's a pretty even, common one. Even Isaac Asimov's Foundation series had that as a big part of, I think, the second book. Where they were going to break away, but didn't because of the mule and yada, yada, yada. Boring, boring, boring. Um, you don't sound like a fan. I was a fan of Isaac Asimov back when I was so desperate for science fiction that I'd read anything with science fictional stuff in it. And I mean anything just to get a fix. Now that I've grown older and wiser and there's a huge wide gamut of science fictional stuff out there, and I don't need to read Isaac Asimov for my fix. I have, he has fallen in my own personal pantheon. But I, I've shared a meme with not safe for work language for anybody watching this on YouTube, talking about Elon Musk and and Mars. <clears throat> oh, has anything happened with the crazy redditor swarm of GameStop this week? Uh, I think GameStop is back down to around a hundred. Uh, I heard that like the top 50th or the top five billionaires on the planet 
lost between them twenty billion dollars in GameStop. <laughs> oh, so so the ride's pretty much over, but uh, everybody had fun doing it. Yes. Good, and uh, I, I feel bad for all the people left holding the bag, but it was going to happen. And a lot of them knew they were going to end up there anyway, so mm-hmm. they didn't even care. They're just like, I'm investing this money just to screw the hedge funds over. I know, you know, they're burning the money. They knew what it was, and it was entertainment money for them. Uh, so it wasn't like, you know, Spending that money to screw over a hedge fund was pure entertainment. And I saw one guy break it down. He's like, okay, here's the other things I could spend this money on for entertainment. Like, I could buy half a Hamilton ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, do this other stuff. But I'm just going to, I want to do this because I want to screw a hedge fund over. Wow. I'm like, okay, that's fair. You know, it's your money, man. Proud of the people. If you know what you're doing and you know what's going to happen with the money, then go for it. It's your <laughs> life. It's your money. Throw it and on the pile. It's only money. Um, you know, and a lot of these people are like 30 to 50. They've got full-time jobs. Uh, $500 isn't a super ton of money to people who have actual jobs right now. So they can afford it. More power to them. All right. I'll stop sharing this meme. Um, let's see. Also, AMC. I think we mentioned this last week. But AMC theaters, actually because of the meme buying of their stock, whatever happened with the squeeze there against the hedge funds, they managed to save their company. Wow. So Redditors... Buying AMC stock managed to save the company. Based on the stock price going up, they were able to get a new round of capital. With that new round of capital, they were able to make some new moves. And without Reddit, they would have gone. Belly up, bankrupt, had to shut down. But now they're a going concern again because of Reddit. Ah, that's a shame. I was hoping the big big movie theater chains would go away. I'm just kind of impressed. (laughs) I mean, kicking billionaires in the balls is one thing. And that sounds like fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. But being able to pull a company back from the brink for the lulls, <laughs> that's impressive. 
Just goes to show what a little bit of uh, concentrated autism can do. So, you know, congratulations to uh, the Redditors and everybody else who jumped in on AMC and uh, GameStop. You guys, uh, you guys actually did real stuff. It wasn't just a mean thing or a temporary thing. You really, really actually made a difference. All those people who were going to get fired or laid off or whatever, they still got jobs now because of you. Literally. Tens of thousands of people still have jobs because of Reddit. Because of Wall Street bets. Yellow. <laughs> because of YOLO investors, they still have jobs. I don't know what to say about that. That is just I'm just going to let it hang. There it is. So, yeah, I think it's impressive. And, uh, you know, give yourselves a hand of applause. You deserve it. So, uh, what else is new, Danny Warpig? Um,. You mean other than the topics of the show? No, oh, those those are the things I was referring to. Uh, so this week I watched the first season of two different TV series. And in fact, I don't think you could have two different TV series that are as different as these two TV series. I want to complain for a second, though. No, not you. I was watching these two TV series, one of which is an Apple original called Ted Lasso. So I bought a new phone. I upgraded my phone. And along with an upgraded or new phone, you get a free year of Apple TV+. Plus. So all these shows that Apple has made, original shows and movies that Apple has made for its streaming service, uh, you can stream for free. So it's like, okay, well, whatever, I might as well try it. So I watched Ted Lasso because I'd heard it. Uh, the few people I'd heard say things about a show on Apple said good things about Ted Lasso. It's about an American college football coach who gets hired by a British Premier League soccer club or football club, as they call them in Britain, uh, in Brighton. I don't know if it's a fictional club or if they're just fictionalizing an actual club. So that was one of the series. And the other one was The Walking Dead 
World Beyond, which is basically the third series of The Walking Dead. There's The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and The Walking Dead World Beyond, which is their Yay Millennials spinoff. And I, I, I could not be more serious about that. Absolutely, I'm not kidding. Yay, millennial! <clears throat> My eyes are drying up just thinking about watching it. <clears throat> I don't know what that means. It's just it's a I had an adverse physical reaction to your description. Why what? do you do this to yourself, Daddy Warpig? We gotta have something to talk about on this show. <laughs> of course. <laughs> But I'm also watching WandaVision on Disney Plus because a bunch of other people were watching it. So around episode, you know, three or four, I decided I might as well get caught up. In episode five, which came out, I think, Thursday, people started posting spoilers to Twitter less than an hour after the show had gone live. Huh. And I was still trying to finish The Walking Dead. And I was like, you sons of bitches! What the hell are you doing posting? And these weren't small spoilers. These were like huge, major spoilers. People were posting. No warning. No nothing. I was just so mad. So last night... The last thing I did before going, getting ready for bed was to watch the fifth episode of WandaVision because, you know, I didn't want any more spoilers. I guess the statute of limitations on spoilerdom is now nothing. It's the day before. It's negative. It's just ridiculous. Um, the day before the show went live, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, the, who plays the Scarlet Witch, she said, oh, hey, we're going to have a big, huge cameo that's just as big as the Luke Skywalker cameo in the last episode of The Mandalorian. And... It's big and consequential and, you know, really kind of bowled you over. And that's what they were spoiling. And you're just like, people. <clears throat> Some of us have other things to watch right now. 
Oh, for the love of Pete. So, yeah, I got I got a big chunk of the show spoiled. I finally watched it a day later. But then I saw more tweets today, this morning, spoiling it. And I'm like, goodness gracious me. So that's my complaint. And also my warning to any of you. Uh, I don't know if you're watching WandaVision. But if you're planning on it and you haven't, you might as well start now. And if you have been, uh, you might as well watch episode five right now after the show. I'm saying right now in a general sense of, you know, watch this this show first, then go watch WandaVision. It's nuts out there, folks. <laughs> it is law of the jungle. There's no civilized. It, it, it's like the Lord of the Flies after that boulder came down and destroyed the conch shell. Civilization has fled the island, okay? See, I took a different lesson from your complaint, which is I also disabled Twitter and Facebook, and I've had so much more time on my hands. I can read things. I can practice things. I can write computer software code. I can... Daddy Warpig, it's a whole nother world out there. And I love it. Yes, but if you had been on Twitter, you would have known I was watching Ted Lasso and could have watched it for the show. Oh... That wounds me. Absolutely. I did catch the first episode last night, though. What did you think of the first episode? I really enjoyed it. I was not expecting that level of, what can I say, well-written, wholesome comedy with a cast of interesting characters. I really liked it. Can you tell me uh, your thoughts? Uh, they keep up that quality through the whole series. Oh, that's so great to hear. Um, I mean, as you said, the you know the premise of a American college football coach being thrust into the head coach role at a Premier League football club that is soccer. That's a fun premise. And and you're expecting, I think someone in the chat said, oh, I'm waiting for all the U.S. versus U.K. jokes here. They do that, but it's, what it, how do I say it? It's fun but respectful. Uh, Jason yeah, Sudeikis. It's not mean-spirited. Like, like the SNL um, alum Jason Sudeikis is the title character. And he puts on like a, you know, fake twang accent and i cringed i'm like oh are we gonna have to hear this for the whole series but there's there it's it doesn't poke fun at him or anybody in particular they they uh, they do sort of poke fun at sort of the differences in culture but there's there's nothing mean-spirited about it 
Yeah, it's not like they're saying, oh, look at stupid Americans being stupid and uh, English are so much more refined and cultured and better. Yep. It's funny. Because it's, it's very funny. <laughs> they have English uh, pub football hooligans. <laughs> Who stand around and yell at the TV. And it shows you kind of what that side of, you know, what that side of English culture is like. And they even get like character development across the 10 episodes of the season. Are you kidding? They show up later? Yeah, they're, they're... that was one of the funniest gags of the pilot. Is is at a news conference and they keep cutting away to these three guys at a pub and they're yelling and spitting and swearing at the teeth. Oh my goodness, that was one of the funniest gags uh, in the pilot. Those three guys are regulars. That's awesome. <laughs> um. So, and and the the bar lady who runs the bar. She's a regular. Nice. They all get character development uh, here and there in, in, in bits and pieces. And they get their characters develop without taking a huge, long bunch of screen time. Uh, you know, they don't have to put in like 50 minutes to develop their characters. They just get bits and pieces here and there. You learn their names and and what they're like. They've all got different personalities, and yeah, it's fun. Um. So, anyways, you, you see different pieces of it. Like there are high class Brits, one of whom is a real scumbag that you hate because he's kind of the villain. Um, but Ted himself is just, he's trying so hard to do his best with the team in face of these almost insurmountable obstacles that you can't help but rooting for the guy. Yeah, that's the nice part. They don't. They don't set him up to be a chump or a schlub or anything like that. They establish right at the outset, hey, this guy's a really good coach, and he's in this really weird situation. And by the end of the first episode, they actually explain why someone like this super nice football coach would ever take this job. And they sort of answer that question at the beginning, sort of setting up setting up the character for the rest of this series. Like even in terms of just being a pilot, outstanding uh writing because uh, you're hooked you're like i get the story the jokes are pretty good uh and the characters are fun and well thought out and his uh his uh i don't know if it's an assistant coach or a backup coach or whatever um who came with him who's the other american mm -hmm. um is uh you would think in a typical show that it would set him up to be an easy uh, 
comic relief character, right? Like the guy who always does crazy things or the guy who always does uh, complete nutty things because he just doesn't understand England. Yeah. And he's always making mistakes and always saying the wrong thing or whatever. And he's not. He's actually sharp. And he's a great coach, too. It, there's yeah at least in the pilot there's nobody there who is sort of a a, a fake moron or, or or a fake foil or something like that he's you don't wonder why does coach lasso keep this guy around right he's it's not barney fife yeah it's uh it's a well written show um it, it it's enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give the rest of the episodes a try uh in time. I'm not going to binge it. I like sleep too much. <laughs> um I'm trying to think of other things to say about the One of the things you'll find in the show is that most of the nastiest people turn out to unexpectedly have some heart. Um, You're trying to think of an example without spoiling something? Yeah, because it all, <laughs> it all comes out. What, what The impression I got from the pilot is that there are very few bad people in the show that the writers want to set you up as this is a bad person. It's more of a, a series of conflicts of personality and interests that create an interesting setting for whatever kind of jokes or situations or drama you want to write. See, like the three hooligans we were talking about, of course they're going to be upset and dislike Ted Lasso. He's an American who doesn't know anything about football, right? He is completely, he doesn't know the rules of the game. He doesn't know, uh, how to strategize he's completely up in the night he has no way of being the kind of coach that their club needs to come back and to get stronger on the field to overcome some of these personnel problems like the captain of the team is was a genius player who's been uh, number one on every team he's ever been on, except he's getting old. He's getting up to where he's slowing down, and he's barely keeping up with younger kids on the field. That's a problem. That's a big problem for this club 
because the only other person they have that could step into that role is one on loan to them from Manchester. Um, so he's only going to be there till the end of the year. And two, he's a complete jerk who is showboating for himself because he thinks he's better than everybody else because he thinks he doesn't need the rest of the team. And so he doesn't play team ball. He plays him. Like he's a one-man team all the way out there on the pitch all by himself. So there is some problems on the team that good coaching could help solve. And Ted Lasso actually has the skills to help clean it up. But he doesn't know enough about soccer, doesn't know enough about football to bring them along to teach them strategies to help them move into those situations and take advantage of the strengths they do have. He just doesn't know the game. And it's obvious that he doesn't know the game. So, of course, those three fanatics who love their club, uh, who are Brighton, do or die, of course they're going to be angry at him. Of course they're going to kind of hate him. It doesn't matter who he is because he's screwing their club over. He's the reason their club is struggling so much. If he was a better, if he was a more knowledgeable coach, if he knew more about football, their club would be doing much better. So it's exactly what you said. It's not that those football hooligans are, you know, malicious people. It's that their goals, what they want to see, um, is being frustrated because Ted is out of his depth. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out because I have faith in Ted. No one who can grow a mustache like that can uh, can fail. He's got a magnificent mustache. He really it's, does. Absolutely. I hope it's real. I hope it's not. Uh, I hope it's not makeup. Um. So, the characters, even relatively minor characters, get unexpected character development here and there during the show. Um. And. Characters that you might think are throwaway characters uh, come back later. And it, it it was just an entertaining show. It was worth the watch. I mean, admittedly, I got it for free. But there is a free trial period for uh, Apple Plus. They have apps for Apple Plus that you can download on everything i think i got mine through my xbox Whoa. yeah 
through my Microsoft Xbox, I downloaded my Apple app and I can watch all my Apple original streaming shows plus all the movies and stuff I bought through iTunes. I, I don't know how that happened, but go figure. <laughs> um, you can also watch it through an Amazon box if you've got an Amazon box. Um, and I don't know about Roku or other boxes like that, but I mean, if it's on Microsoft, I, I would think it had to be on Roku, but, you know, whatever. Um, I, if nothing else, sign up for the free trial, watch some uh, Ted Lasso. It was worth the watch for me. I haven't watched anything else on the uh, Apple original series but i've heard some good stuff about jennifer aniston's morning show i've heard good stuff about who played aquaman jason momoa jason momoa i've heard good stuff about jason momoa's uh c so i might want to check those out they've been pushing really hard a new uh two-hour movie um with justin timberlake <laughs> so I might give that a try. I've heard he's actually done some good work in some movies, so I'll give it a shot. Why not? He's definitely a charismatic guy. Yeah. And he did a good job in the troll movie. The Wait, the 80s slasher troll? No, no, no. Trolls. Like the felt animated movie trolls why is you know what gonna walk away I'm not gonna you're not gonna finish that question i'm gonna nod you can't see my head i'm just gonna nod my head and move on it's a children's animated movie with uh, anna kendrick and uh uh a bunch of other people in it yeah oh so a children's animated movie based on a, a product that was marketed to 80s and 90s kids Yes. It is a it's a movie that got on my nerves so much the first time I saw it that I wanted to punch people. Uh unfortunately I was babysitting my nieces and nephews at the time. So and they were on a troll's kick. So I had to watch it several times. And I don't know if it was Stockholm Syndrome or if it was just like pop culture fungus that kind of grew on me, but I actually ended up liking the movie. Yeah, I mean, if, if I were hiring a voice actor to do a musical, I would get a famous singer. That's, that's not unreasonable. So he actually did a good job in Trolls. Um, I think Zoe Deschanel is in it. Um, James Corden. Uh, you know, all a, the usual. I have a funny Justin Timberlake story, actually. Okay. Do you know that song, Sexy Back? No, not even a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, I encourage you to listen to it because when I first heard it on the radio, it sounds, because he, he's, uh, he's not a deep-voiced man. And uh, so I first couple times I heard the song on the radio, I didn't know who it was. And I thought, wow, this 
this woman's got a real sexy husky voice. This woman sounds hot. And then the next time I heard it on the radio, they're like, and this is Justin Timberlake with sex. I went, no. <laughs> Justin Timberlake sounds like a hot woman. Pure cougar town. So based on that recommendation alone, I highly recommend you listen to the song. You'll like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing so hard there's no sound coming out <laughs> okay wow hey we only have 15 minutes to talk about the Walking Dead Millennial Edition. Oh, no. We don't have enough time to really go in depth about a zombie show. I'm so disappointed, Daddy Warpig. Tell me more. Um, so The Walking Dead was The Walking Dead, and yeah. And then Fear of the Walking Dead was supposed to be about the start of the zombie apocalypse and not so far along in it. Only they jumped forward at some point for some reason and kind of skipped that. And then the main show jumped even further forward at some reason because Carl was turning into like the biggest uh, young kid ever. Like he was still the same age he was in the first year of the show, but like eight years had passed for the actor. Huh. <laughs> And he'd gone through puberty and he'd sprung up like two, three feet. And it was just getting completely implausible that he was still the same age. Um, so The Walking Dead World Beyond is set 10 years after the zombie apocalypse. And it's all about the next generation, the generation that were all kids, little kids when the zombie apocalypse happened and have grown up in the zombie apocalypse. Uh, but at the same time, they've grown up in a sheltered colony where they've never really had to go out and deal with zombies. They've just been in like school and stuff. And so... They're the next generation, and it's going to be their generation that either saves the world. And this is the show. This is not me. I'm not saying this. It's their generation, the millennial generation, the promised generation of millennials, because they're the generation of promise. And this promised generation of promise will be the generation that uh, goes out and either saves the world or sees it finally fall into darkness as the human race goes extinct forever. And these brave promised generation millennials are forced to leave 
their colony of safety and go out into the world beyond their walls to try and save the father of two of the girls in the group. Hence the name of the show, The Walking Dead, World Beyond. The world beyond the safety of the colony. Yes. Great. You actually, see how poetic and meaningful it is? It sounds like a great setup, actually. You know, with any other TV network and producers and stuff, it might be. I'm sensing a but is coming. Um, it's just not very good. The first season is also 10 episodes long, like Ted Lasso. And there's actually some interesting stuff that happens in it. And some of the characters are kind of interesting in theory. But they don't know how to write. It's just so darn carefully woke, you know? Not egregiously or offensively woke. And it's not uh it's not assaultively woke. Like they're not going after specific people and saying you're awful because you're not woke. They're not talking about Nazis or Trump voters or whatever. So, you know. But, man, they're just very, very careful to color in all the line, to color in the lines of, of every woke trope they can. Like they've got a checklist? Yeah. Like, of, of the party of people who go out, exactly half of them are women, and uh, exactly half the party are, are various ethnic minorities. Um, one's Hispanic, one's African American, one's uh, mentally challenged. That's a tough job, isn't it? If if you're putting together an ensemble cast for a show like this, how do you make the cast feel natural and or diverse without making it seem formulaic as if you've checked off a bunch of boxes? It sounds like they went too far the, this way. Um, and... They just don't feel like real people. The mm. people writing the show just they're trying really hard. 
I got to give them credit for that. They're putting all their energy into trying to make deep, meaningful, insightful stuff. And it's not about being woke. That's the thing. It's not about... Uh, they have a, a black character who's kind of the leader of the group, but none of the shows have been about, oh, she's black and, and this white boy doesn't like that she's in charge because she's black. And it's racism. We've got to fix racism. None of the shows have been about that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's directly lecturing you, the audience. Um. It just sounds like, like a corporate checklist or a focus group checklist. Yeah, it's a focus group checklist. And I, I really think it's kind of crimped their style as far as the writing goes. It makes the writing, it's not so much what they did. It's what they're carefully avoiding doing that makes it uh, kind of stilted and artificial. I think if they had put that stuff aside or put aside worrying about it, that the stories would have been a lot more fluid and the characters would have been a lot more interesting and the show would have been a lot more relaxed and more compelling. I mean, if you ask Jeffro, it, it should have just been done as a, uh, a module for the post-apocalyptic role-playing game. I'm actually drawing a blank on it. I want to say World? Gamma World. Yep, Gamma World. All I can think of is is this is just a, a bad Gamma World module. Uh, so it's not like it's a totally terrible show it's just a show that fails to have that vital spark of life that makes a good show um and no i i would not recommend watching the show i wouldn't recommend it because even on the level of a zombie show it's not a good zombie show they just don't have enough zombies oh don't have enough zombie confrontations and it's a show where the writers think that character development comes from sitting around talking. Sure. I get that. And, and a little talking is okay. That's fine. Sometimes you need some talking, but man, it's really talky. So, Either. yeah, on that level. Sounds boring. Yes. Just. They squandered the premise. They squandered what good characters they have. And. One of the things that made Lost the TV show really work were the flashbacks 
to who the people were before they got on the airplane or before they had the crash? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Those were compelling I, and interesting, right? I, I never watched Lost, but I, I gather that was the appeal. Um, and they're trying to kind trying to do kind of the same thing here in the show, at least for these first ten episodes, is dive into the background of these characters. And and some of the stories are really, you know, potentially should be interesting. Like the kid who is a little bit mentally challenged, his dad is physically abusive towards his mom and him. And one day his dad grabs him by the neck and starts choking him out and pounding him against the wall. And he snaps and he beats his dad up, just pounds on his face. Well, his dad goes upstairs and collapses and dies. Well, this is after the zombie apocalypse has happened, which means his dad comes back as a zombie. And he can't handle it. So he, you know, runs and gets in a room and only comes out when he hears his mom come home and then goes down and has to kill the zombie that was his dad to save his mom. And then has to deal with the guilt of having, you know, killed his dad. Mm. Now that's potentially interesting. And it isn't something I've seen before in a zombie movie or zombie TV show. I mean, it's not 100% wholly original, but it's at least novel. So, it should have been, or could have been something that was worthwhile. A little bit of interesting backstory to the character. And they just blew it. It wasn't. Because in the episode, they would... First off, they scattered this flashback all through the episode. And second off, they would show a little bit of the flashback, just a tiny little bit of it, like I think maybe 10 or 15 seconds of it, and then cut it off so you never really got a good read on what was going on. And then do a couple minutes of the episode and then when they came back to it they would actually rewind and show you two or three seconds you'd already seen wow good old-fashioned filler oh it was torturous tortuous it's like why why are you doing it this way why are you making it so slow and grinding and repetitive? Why aren't you telling a good story in a good way? So they completely ruined what could have been a good bit of drama or story. 
And they didn't do that any other episode with any of the other flashbacks, but it's like they had good material sometimes and always ruined it in one way or another. So. Hard pass. Not worth my time. Yeah, I just would not recommend this. Unless you are a The Walking Dead completist and you've watched all The Walking Deads and you've read the comics and you just want to keep on watching all The Walking Dead, which is fine. If, they, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead and that's what you want to do, more power to you, you know? Respect. But uh, I would not recommend this show. Fair. Well, thank you for once again taking a bullet for the rest of us, Daddy Warpig. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I appreciate your reviews on stuff that I don't ever want to watch. <laughs> um, we're, uh, we're, we're over time. Is there anything else you want to talk about today? No, I'm good. You are good. You are so good. I think we're going to do it again next week. What do you say? Sure. Why not? Eh, why not? Uh, for my part, uh, I had fun talking about this stuff, and thank you for turning me on to Ted Lasso. I really, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that. Uh, that was uh, that pilot was really well done, um, and I'm looking forward to never watching another zombie show again. But uh, uh, it was great hanging out with everybody in the chat. We had a lively discussion, and uh, I hope everybody listening later has enjoyed the show. Uh, but for my part, Daddy Warpig, thanks for hanging out with me on another Saturday, and uh, I hope to see you again soon. Uh, you should go watch the first season of The Boys, though. Maybe. It's head and shoulders above the second. Maybe. I'll, I'll um, put it on my maybe list. Your maybe list. I just want to say thanks to everyone who came and listened live and participated in the chat. And, of course, I want to thank everyone who listens later. Uh, this is Geek Gab. You can catch us on YouTube.com slash Geek Gab. I know that's confusing to many people. Or you can catch us on the uh, iTunes store, on the Google Play store, or on SoundCloud.com. Just do a search for Geek Gab. We are there, free and available to download on the device of your choice. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We are signing off for today, but don't you worry. Don't you fret, we will be back.